0: Hello, and welcome to the Sci4Security Threat Intel Weekly podcast for the week commencing the 21st of December 2020. In Infosec News this week, while analysing artefacts from the SolarWinds Orion supply chain attack, security researchers appear to have discovered another backdoor which is likely from a second threat actor. Since named Supernova... The malware is a web shell planted in the code of the Orion network and applications monitoring platform and enabled adversaries to run arbitrary code on machines running the trojanized version of the software. The web shell is a trojanized variant of a legitimate .net library present in the Orion software from SolarWinds, modified in a way which would allow it to evade automated defense mechanisms. Orion Software uses this link library to expose a HTTP API, allowing the host to respond to other subsystems when querying for a specific GIF image. In a technical report released last week, researchers at Palo Alto stated that the malware could potentially slip even manual analysis since the code implemented in the legitimate link library is innocuous and is of relatively high quality. Analysis shows that the threat actor added in the legitimate SolarWinds file four new parameters to receive signals from the command and control infrastructure. The malicious code contains only one method, dynamic run, which compiles on the fly the parameters into a .NET assembly in memory, thus leaving no artifacts on the disk of a compromised device. This way, the attacker can send arbitrary code to the infected device and run it in the context of the user, who most of the time will have a high privilege level and visibility on the network. At the moment, the malware sample is available on VirusTotal, detected by 55 out of 69 antivirus engines. Although it is unclear how long Supernova has been in the Orion software, a compilation timestamp of March 24th, 2020 does seem to point to a probable timeline. Based on initial findings, Supernova bears the hallmarks of an advanced hacking group that took Compromise via webshell to a new level. Researchers have also stated that taking a valid .NET program as a parameter, an in-memory code execution, makes Supernova a rare find as it eliminates the need for traditional network callbacks besides the initial C2 request. Most web shells run their payloads in the context of the runtime environment all by calling a subshell or process such as CMD, PowerShell or Bash. According to statements by Microsoft, they believe that Supernova is likely the work of a different adversary than the one which breached the cybersecurity company FireEye and more than half a dozen entities of the US government. One of the main arguments for this theory is that Supernova does not have a digital signature, unlike the initially discovered Sunburst malware, which trojanized the solarwinds.orion.core business layer library. So far, there is still no vast consensus in the security community for attribution for any of the two pieces of malware, except that they are both the work of fairly sophisticated APT groups. Cyber attacks relying on malicious office documents have increasingly leveraged a relatively new technique called VBA purging, according to a report by FireEye who also announced the availability of a related open source tool initially discovered in February 2020 VBA purging involves the use of VBA source code within office documents instead of the typically compiled code and ensures better detection evasion malicious office documents have VBA code stored within streams of compound file binary format or CFBF files with Microsoft specification on VBS macros MSOVBA, storing VBA data in a hierarchy containing different types of streams. The VBA code is stored in module streams, consisting of performance cache and compressed source code. Office applications access the former if the code was compiled with an app matching their version and architecture. Otherwise, the compressed source code is decompressed, compiled, and run instead. A previously discovered technique abusing module streams was also called VBA stomping where compressed VBA code is removed from office documents and replaced with non-malicious compressed source code. This technique, however, required the attacker to know the exact office versions running on the victim systems. With VBA purging, the performance cache data is removed instead and the module offset value is switched to zero and SRP streams are removed to ensure no runtime error is hit when the application does not find the compiled code in the module stream. Because many antivirus engines rely on specific strings, usually stored in performance cache, detection is hindered significantly and attackers can employ more standard techniques to execute suspicious functions undetected. As an experiment and part of their report, FireEye submitted to VirusTotal a normal office document carrying malicious VBA code and a counterpart to which VBA purging had been applied and noticed the detection rates dropped by 67%, which clearly shows the efficiency and efficacy of the technique. They have since released Office Purge, a new tool which supports VBA purging of Word, Excel, and publisher documents. They also claim to have discovered a large number of malicious documents, showing that this is very prevalent in the wild and in use by attackers. Concluding, For as long as companies use office documents, attackers will be trying to smuggle malicious macros into them. VBA purging represents a recent example of how threat actors continually invent new ways to evade defenders. And finally, a festive gift that precisely no one asked for, Emotet has restarted its campaign after a seven-week hiatus. Multiple security researchers have noted the return of an email campaign attempting to spread the malware variant, which is often used to drop the Ryuk ransomware and TrickBot banking trojan. Back in October, three surges of spam laden with the Emotet downloader worked to spread the malware to vulnerable users' systems, starting a sequence which often results in the Ryuk ransomware and attempts to steal bank account credentials via the TrickBot banking trojan, potentially deploying one of its many deadly new modules, which we have previously discussed. With the completion of the third campaign at the end of October, the group's spamming died down and almost no subsequent traffic appeared until now. Seven weeks after the last major campaign, the cybercriminals behind the downloader have started up their attempt to compromise more systems, according to multiple cybersecurity organizations. The ramp-up in activity appears to have occurred on December the 22nd, right before Christmas. With Proofpoint noting that its systems were seeing more than 100,000 messages in various languages and with a variety of attachments or links being actively distributed. This latest campaign could lead to compromised systems and threats to business networks as most employees continue to work from home in light of the pandemic. Of course, what makes MOTEP particularly dangerous is that it has been the primary foothold for the future deployment of other banking Trojans. At this point, any mainstream banking Trojan can lead to devastating ransomware attacks. The US Department of Homeland Security's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, Called the malware campaign one of the most prevalent ongoing threats in an advisory published in early October, and the capabilities of Emotet and particularly its secondary payload Trickbot have increased exponentially since that time. Since July, the US government has noted an increase in Emotet associated indicators specifically targeting state and local governments. Over the last year, the triple threat of Emotet, Ryuk, and Trickbot have seen enormous success. In June, the Cisco Talos Incident Response Team suggested that the majority of its engagements over the last year had been to clean up the Ryuk ransomware. And in early December, the security services firm CrowdStrike stated of the more than 200 incidents the company investigated, 63% were financially motivated and 81% of those incidents were ransomware attacks or an early stage attack which typically led to ransomware. Thank you very much for listening to the Sci-4 Security Threat Intel Weekly Podcast. Please do not hesitate to contact us should you have any questions about anything discussed here. And despite all the doom and gloom discussed, please have a very happy holiday season and thank you very much for listening.